0: Download the free Angie Mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's angi.com.
1: You can live out your MasterChef dreams. Will you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel? Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside.
2: and enjoy the show. If darkness is what you're after, seek no more your searches through. You haven't found the darkness, traveler. The darkness has found you. Welcome to season three. Episode 24, I'm your host, Jason Hill, and I'm thrilled you could join me tonight. My friends, we have come to the end of Season 3, and she will be bitterly missed. And with the fond farewell still yet to be said, who better to eulogize a dearly departed season while simultaneously midwifing the birth of the next one, still pink, slick, and glistening, seeing this new world through terrible, onyx eyes. Well, it's Kevin David Anderson, of course, with the further adventures of our two favorite monster-hunting truckers, Earl and Dale, riding the big slab all the way to Terror Town, and they have room for one more. But Jason, that's me, you say. Really? Another working-class horror two-parter? With another guy who sounds like Slingblade? Um... Yeah... Yeah. You're listening to the Standard Edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and all of our other episodes, as well as hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today to get instant access from our friends at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Thank you for your support. Now, let's check into that sleazy roadside motel where the sun dies and nightmares get in fights in the parking lot where faucets that leak the darkness need drip no further welcome listener to the Horror Hill Hotel you haven't found the darkness the darkness is down the hall past the first ice machine you're going to want to go around a corner on your left then down this little flight of stairs through the door marked exit into this sort of uh it's kind of like a courtyard, I guess. And you'll see a soda machine on your left. You keep going straight through these double doors into building C, then it's just straight shot from there. You should see the darkness. That's that's where the continental breakfast is usually served. If you can call it breakfast. I think you know what I mean. <laughs> And now, without further ado, from author Kevin David Anderson, I give you Part 1 of Candy with a K. Part 1, Earl's Usual. I thought you said we were going to Starbucks before heading out of town. we damn near past them all. Turn in there, Park next to the Walgreens. Earl gestured for a hard right into a shopping center parking lot. There's a nice little coffee shop right next door. That is not a Starbucks, Dale said, using the 18-wheeler over. Said the place I was taking you to was Starbucks-like. As in, I don't like Starbucks. "'Everybody and their toothless cousin likes Starbucks. "'Not me. No, sir. "'They're all full of script-writing, skinny-jean-wearing, cupcake eatin hipsters rubbing on their Tibetan meditation beads.' "'Dale sighed, knowing Earl only went into an impromptu rant "'if he was trying to hide something, "'and Dale had a sneaking suspicion of what it was. "'Ah, oh, hell, Earl. What's her name?' "'Who?' Earl said, trying to tuck in his T-shirt. Dale put the ring with its two trailers into park, air brakes hissing. "'The poor non-Starbucks barista I'll be watching you embarrass yourself in front of while I drink my coffee.' Earl ignored his friend and jumped out of the cab. Dale instantly felt the absence of his 300-plus pound friend as the bench seat tilted his way. He hopped out and met Earl at the front of the rig, grinned and said, "'Well?' "'Her name's Candy, if you must know.' Candy with a K. And why do you think Candy, Candy with a K, is interested in talking to you? She blind? Have a poor sense of smell? No need to be hurtful. I have a relationship with the lady. She texted, asked me to stop by before we head up to Fresno. Texted? What are you, sixteen? Since when do you text? Everyone on the planet texts, Dale. Everyone except you. You. Earl headed toward the small corner coffee shop, with Dale in tow. You really need to keep up with technology. You can lecture me about technology when you replace that eight-track player in your cab. You know we can get Johnny Cash on the CDs now. Earl grimaced. won't sound the same. Well, progress never does, Dale said. Earl stopped at the coffee shop door, put his thick digits on the handle, and took what seemed like a deep ceremonial breath. He looked inside through the door's porthole-shaped window. Dale tried to see what or who Earl was spying on. His friend's large head pretty much obscured the view. You uh, gonna go in, or are you just gonna stare at her from out here? Earl turned around and met Dale's gaze. Please, Dale, don't embarrass me. When have I ever embarrassed you? Earl's brow hardened, eyes narrowed. I mean, recently. Earl took another deep breath and stared down at his boots. It was then that Dale realized that his friend was anxious. Nervous, even. Earl? Nervous? This is a man who has driven an 18-wheeler straight through the valley of the shadow of death while drinking a beer and giving the devil a one-finger salute. And he was nervous? About meeting a woman? A woman named Candy? Candy with a K? Dale pulled a handkerchief from his back pocket. Wipe your forehead, you're sweating like a stuck pig. Earl took it and dabbed his brow. Dale put a hand on his friend's shoulder. I got your back, buddy. Now suck in that gut and get on with it. After one more deep breath, Earl nodded and opened the door. The two big men stepped inside, one after the other, both removing their baseball caps. To the half-dozen patrons of the tiny mom-and-pop coffee shop, The two truckers in the doorway were not to be ignored. Earl stood a very full-bodied six-foot-two-inches, and Dale, a bit leaner but by no means healthy-looking, was at least a can of beer taller. Only a half-inch of boot heel could take credit for their stature, and their road-weary attire seemed to tell stories of lost highways and dark destinations. Earl ambled up to the counter, heading for a stool like he owned it. Not wanting to crowd his friend, Dale hung back a few steps and took in the place. It was nice. Not fancy, certainly not a Starbucks, but nice. Lots of tables, all dark wood, curtains on the windows and big, deep chairs next to a faux fireplace with electric flames burning brightly, if not repetitiously. The corners were shadowy. Dale liked that. A place to blend in, disappear, A home. Hey, Dale, Earl said, waving him over and pushing out a stool with his foot. Dale stepped over just as a woman closed a small refrigerator behind the counter and began pouring cream into the line of orders. This here's candy, Earl said. Candy? You've heard me mention Dale. The woman momentarily stopped what she was doing and faced Dale, holding out a hand. She was tall, thick, her ebony features were striking, showing signs of age, lost beauty, and a hard life. Her eyes were a unique shade of pale blue, and the grip she used to take Dale's hand since she worked hard and took what was hers. "'Pleasure to meet you,' Dale said respectfully. "'Thanks for coming by. I just need a minute to catch these orders up. In the meantime, can I get you two something? Earl, your usual?' Earl shifted uncomfortably and half-glanced at Dale. Um, no. I'll take a coffee. Black. Dale raised an eyebrow at his friend. For me, too, Dale said. Candy turned away and returned to work, her hands moving fast and with purpose. When Dale was confident Candy was out of earshot, he leaned over to Earl. So, I gotta ask. Don't. Just don't. Come on, I must know. Let it go, Dale. For as long as I've known you, barring the occasional shot of tequila, I've only ever seen you drink three things. Black coffee, beer, and more beer. So please, pretty please, tell me what your usual drink is in this place. Earl sighed. So, what did you think of her? She seems nice, and you're changing the subject. Just nice? Dale smiled. More than nice, Earl. Genuine. Sturdy. No nonsense or bullshit about her. I liked her straight off. Now back to... I really like them eyes, Earl said. A man could get lost in those eyes. Sounds like a man already has. Now are you going to spill it or... I'm back, Candy said. She held two black coffees and ushered them over to a table near a window. As she sat down, she hollered over her shoulder to the two 20 something baristas behind the counter. I'm taking five. Dale and Earl sat after Candy did and warmed their hands around the coffee. Dale took a sip. The liquid was thick, black, and hotter than hell. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming by, she began. I wanted to ask if you could pop in on Carl while you're up there. Who's Carl? Dale said. Candy's son, Earl said. Goes to Fresno State, plays football, doesn't have a full scholarship, but close enough. Wants to major in education, become a teacher like his daddy was. Candy touched Earl's hand. Earl is such a good listener. Earl turned three and a half shades of red. Yeah, he's special that way. Dale took another sip. So is Carl sick or in some trouble? Don't know, Candy said. I just have a really bad feeling. Dale took another sip, not yet convinced this was worth their time. Earl must have sensed this. Anything besides a feeling? Earl asked. Candy nodded. My boy calls me every day, several times on the weekend. It was part of the deal we made, so I'd let him go so far away. Fresno was only four hours by car, Dale said. Candy's brow hardened. That's four hours further than I like. Yes, ma'am. Dale took another sip. Candy sighed. I know what I sound like and what you must be thinking. Don't worry none about that, Earl said. Just say what you think is going on. Carl started seeing this girl. White girl. Mm, no offense, Dale chuckled. Met her in some nightclub in the Tower District. A lot of the college kids hang out down there. I walked through on a visit a few months back. Not my kind of place, but this girl, the one he's seeing, plays in some band. Carl sent me some of their songs. Candy made an expression like she'd just tasted milk that had gone bad. Amazing what these kids listen to nowadays. Earl grinned. Yes, sure. I've heard cows dine labor that was more pleasant to listen to. Dale set his coffee down, still not convinced. Well, Candy, my condolences on your son's misplaced affections towards a musician. That usually never goes well for nobody. Is there any other reason for your concern? Candy took a deep breath. A week ago, Carl said she'd been biting on him. That got Dale's attention. He sat up straight.
3: But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
2: Did he mean in a love bite kind of way? That's what I thought at first. The old-fashioned hickey. Girl mocking her territory. Hell, I've mocked up a man or two. But you don't think that no more, Earl said. Candy shook her head. Her eyes were moist. Dale leaned forward. What changed your mind? I ain't heard from my boy in three days. Shit, Earl said. Shit was right, Dale thought. Everything he'd heard so far said that Carl was a mama's boy. Not the cutesy, nauseating kind that you might find in an affluent middle-class neighborhood filled with nuclear families and helicopter parents, but the kind that grows when a mother and child have no one else but each other. The kind in which protect, take care of, and nurture are more than just words. He don't answer my texts. He don't return my calls. I even called his RA at the dorm. He said Carr was in his room but was too busy to come to the phone. The RA let it slip that my son was... Entertaining a lady. Well, Earl said, if this is his first girlfriend, he he might just be... No, sir, Candy interrupted. Earl's been hanging on him since he was 14. He looks and walks like his daddy. And that man was Denzel Washington Fine. I accepted it early on that my son was going to be familiar with the ladies way before he should be. That's why we talk about everything. And I mean everything... I bought him his first Trojans and told him what to do with them. This isn't a case of first time getting some. None of that virgin bullshit. Something's wrong. I know it. I feel it in my bones." Dale took a long pull in his coffee. Well, I don't argue with bones. Candy narrowed her eyes. Are you making jokes? Oh No, ma'am, no, Dale said. First off, Earl's the funny one. Secondly, I'm dead serious when I say I believe your bones. I learned a long time ago that bones do not lie. A wave of relief swept over Candy's face. She grabbed Earl's hand. Thank you. Thank you both. It'll be our pleasure to check in on your boy, Dale said. Ain't as much as I'd like to sit here and watch you work all day, Earl said. We needs to get on the road. Can we get a pot of this to go? Candy tapped Earl's hand. Sure thing. She jumped up and headed back to the counter. Did you know anything about what was going on here before we got here? Dale asked. Earl shook his head. I ain't been in here for five or so days. We're spending time with you on our little Mexican field trip. Dale grimaced. Yeah, let's not do that again real soon. But it wasn't education, Earl scoffed. The only thing I learned was that I do not want to see you in shorts ever again. Dale raised his mug. Right back at you. Earl lowered his voice. So, what do you think? Dale scanned the room. Not here. It's getting crowded and I hate whispering. Makes me feel like a little girl keeping secrets. Besides, we got four hours of freeway ahead of us. Plenty of time to reckon all this. By the time Candy returned with the to-go pot, Dale had finished his coffee. She gave them the campus dorm information, thanked them profusely, and said she'd be up in Fresno herself in two days, whether she could get the time off or not. Dale got the sense that Earl wanted to say goodbye to Candy without him standing there, so he picked up their coffee, put his hat on, and tipped the brim at Candy. It was a pleasure meeting you. Earl, I'll see you in the truck. Earl's and Candy's voices faded behind him as Dale headed for the door. He couldn't make out the words, but he could tell that the tone had changed. It was the tone folks use when they wish to be heard and understood by only one other person in the entire world. When Earl finally joined Dale in the cab, he did not immediately buckle up. He just sat there with a stupid middle school grin on his face. Dale let it go put the truck in gear, and headed north. Almost an hour passed before they brought up the subject. So, what are your thoughts on Carl? Dale said. Earl rubbed his chin. I know we're thinking the same thing, but there hasn't been one of them this side of Salt Lake since W was in office. Yeah, California and the Four Corners have been clean for a while. But if Carl's girlfriend is in a band... Bands tend to travel, go on tour and such, Earl finished Dale's thought. Ah, shit. I thought we'd seen the last of them blood-sucking sons of bitches. On the upside, at least we know what we're dealing with. Dale glanced over at his friend, hoping to see the same exhilaration he himself was starting to feel at the prospect of putting down some good old-fashioned nightwalkers. But it wasn't there. In its place was concern... a little dread you ever met this boy carl dale said earl shook his head was looking forward to it but not like this sure as hell not looking forward to telling his mama that carl's in a bad way even if and that's how things are when we find him i'm sure he's fine heck we might have this whole thing wrong i'm not always right dale said You're preaching to the choir on that front, good buddy. Hey, I said I'm not always right, Dale snapped. But I'm not often wrong. Earl folded his arms. Mexico, Bermuda shorts, no suntan lotion. Need I say more? Yeah, I was wrong on that in a big way. I healed up nice, though. Earl suddenly found his smile, pointing at a sign. Hey, dirty crank is coming up in the next few exits. Nice place. Lots of memories there. Dale remembered the roadhouse that mostly catered to outlaw bikers very differently. You remember that time we hung out with them gang fellas? What was their organization called? Earl said. Satan's soldiers. Yeah, them fellas. We played darts or some such. You did not play darts. They threw darts at you. Well, they were just funnin'. One of them tried to knife you in the back. Yeah, Earl smiled. Good times. Although aggravating, Dale did envy Earl's ability to only recall events in a way that seemed like everything was all one big fun adventure. Fact was, those bikers had been picking on Earl like schoolyard bullies, drawn to what they thought was a defenseless fat kid. Dale had been content to let Earl handle it until one of the shitheads pulled a blade. Dale put the knife wielder and three of his friends in the hospital that night while Earl enjoyed tossing two others through a window. A shot putter in high school, Earl always had a knack for distance throwing. Uh, well, we had a good tussle with them fellas, Earl said. You remember? I remember needing stitches. We ought to stop by sometime, relive we some good times. Earl's delusionary event recall was one of the things that made Dale believe that his friend was a good person, a decent person, far better than Dale was, a 300-pound redneck boy scout if there ever was one. It was also that same part of Earl that allowed women to take advantage of the big oaf, like candy could be doing. Dale had no problem protecting his friend from knives and other implements of pain, but when it came to matters of the heart, Dale was helpless against a woman begging favors. He just hoped that when this was at an end, no matter how it goes down, good or bad, Candy with a K would still give Earl the time of day. "'Man, I could use a good tussle bout now,' Earl said. "'You think maybe if things are okay with Carl, we could pop on by and say hey to some of them fellers? "'No,' Dale snapped. "'I do not enjoy the violence in our lifestyle.'" Earl shot Dale a snarky gaze. Okay, I do not enjoy it as much as you do, and I have no interest in seeing the inside of that shithole. Fine, time for my beauty sleep anyhow, Earl rolled over. Wake me when we hit Fresno. Hey, before you nod off, why don't you tell me what your usual drink is at Candy's? Can't hear you, sleeping. Earl? Sawing some logs over here. (sighs) Oh.
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's dot I.com.
2: Part 2 Feeling Safe Dale let Earl pretend sleep for the next half hour, then let him real sleep the rest of the way. When he drove onto campus, he found a spot toward the rear of the first parking lot he came across. It was late on a Friday afternoon. And the lot wasn't that full. Although Candy had given them info on the dorm room, Dale wasn't sure where the dorms were on the moderately large Cal State campus. He just put it in park and hoped for the best. Even if they were on the wrong side of campus, it wasn't like the two of them couldn't use some exercise. Hey, sleeping ugly. Wake the hell up. Earl rolled from one side to the other, face puffy. Are we there? Dale opened his door. Yep, so rise and shine. Earl opened his door and slid out of his seat. Think we could bring some toys? Dale walked around and met Earl on his side of the cab. It's at least two hours till sunset. We should be all right. That sounds like some famous last words, Earl said as the two moved through the lot. You have your personal odor. That's weapon enough to take on man or beast. If we need more than that, We'll improvise. Just feel a little naked is all, Earl said. Not sure what we might be walking into. Hell, Earl, if we only went places where we knew what we were getting into, we'd never go nowhere. Students heading through the parking lot and staring at their smartphones passed by, none of them looking up at the two large men. Dale and Earl looked as out of place as sushi on a Denny's menu, but still they garnered little notice. After more than a dozen had passed, Earl said, How in the heck do you think they keep from bumping into things? "Well, There's probably an app for it, Dale said. They had reached the sidewalk, and Dale realized they didn't know which way to go. He tried to get the attention of a student in a hoodie playing a video game by waving a hand. The young man passed them by without looking up. He tried again at two young women walking with each other, each focused on texting. He even tried a polite, excuse me, no luck. Earl chuckled, You couldn't get their attention if you were Elvis. Pretty sure they don't know who that is, but by all means, show me how it's done, Dale said. You just need to know how to talk to this generation. Earl took a few steps, placing himself in the path of a young woman. She had a thickly knitted beanie that ran down the side of her head and covered each ear perfect headwear if it had been 40 degrees cooler. Earl waited until she was five feet away, then he held up a hand in a friendly manner. Hey there, young lady. The young woman immediately stopped, looked up from her iPad with wide brown eyes. Her expression looked as if she had just woken from a nightmare and realized, with terrifying suddenness, that whatever was tormenting her in the dream had followed her into the real world. My friend and I are visiting, and we're wondering if you could... I do not feel safe, the woman shouted, unblinking eyes locked on Earl. Uh, beg your pardon? She held out her hands as if she was preparing to repel a boulder. I do not feel safe. Please let me pass. Um, all right. Earl stepped back next to Dale. I was just hoping you could tell us. I had the right to feel safe. She moved by Earl and walked away quickly, looking back over her shoulder. When she was 20 feet away, she refocused her attention toward her iPad. "'What the hell was all that about?' Earl said. "'I got the word serial-killing-rapist written on me somewhere.' "'Wouldn't say it's spelled out or anything,' Dale said. "'If it makes you feel any better, you always make me feel safe.' I do appreciate the sweet talk, but that does not get us any closer to where we need to be. Earl took a step, looking as if he was about to give it another try, with a young man on a skateboard whose jeans were so tight, just looking at him made Dale's BVDs right up an inch. Dale grabbed Earl's shoulder. As entertaining as it is watching you bring the generations together, I think I know how to get there. Earl furrowed his brow got some sort of enhanced powers of navigation i was unaware of no i just thought we'd glance at that campus directory over there dale pointed up the sidewalk that works earl said with some relief after scanning the directory dale was pleased that his choice of parking lots was not the closest to the dorms but it wasn't the farthest either they moved purposely through campus doing their best to keep clear of students neither of them wishing to be shouted at again, and soon arrived at the freshman dormitory. They approached a double door with a security card scanner on one side. Candy had mentioned that they'd need to sign and get buzzed in if it was after nightfall. During the day, they shouldn't have a problem, but Dale felt the need to check in so that they didn't spook anybody. Earl stood by the double door while Dale moved to the security window. He tapped on the glass. Uh, hey there. A thin, pale, barely college age boy with purple hair looked up from an iPad, pulled out his earbuds, slid the window open, and said, "'Sup?' Dale did his best to ignore the wave of male body spray that rolled out. "'I'm, <clears throat> I'm here to see Car- <clears throat> Carl. Can I, can I head on in?' I Already got his room number and everything. "'You got a last name?' Candy hadn't mentioned it, but he was sure Earl knew it. Dale glanced over at Earl, who had pulled a flyer from the wall and was staring at it, his lips moving. Dale didn't like to bother his friend when he was reading. When Dale didn't answer, the kid behind the window continued. We have three Carls. Well, one of them prefers to be called Carlos now. Um, And one is really a Carla. Carla. But is changing it to Carl? Is, uh, is your Carl trans? What? The boy rolled his eyes. You know, going through gender reassignment? I expect not, Dale sighed, starting to wonder if checking in had been a mistake. Well, the only other Carl here, don't know him, and he plays sports or something. He said as if the word sports tasted bitter and spells his name with a K. Uh, yep, that's him, Dale said impatiently. So, we'll just pop on up? You want me to sign something? Dale brought his hand up, gesturing for the clipboard laying on the kid's countertop desk, then glanced over at Earl just in time to see him open the dormitory door for two approaching young ladies. His friend held the door open and smiled as the two entered. Two women never looked up from their phones or gave Earl a return smile for his courtesy. When Dale looked back, he expected to find that the kid had slid the clipboard with the sign-in sheet through the security window, but it wasn't. In fact, it was further away, and the kid's hands were covering it as if it were top-secret intel. "'Are you family?' "'What?' Dale said. "'Carl with a K.' Are you his family? No, a friend of the family. See, his mom asked us, if you're not family, I'll have to call up and check if he knows you. Uh, see, he don't answer his phone. That's... Hey, Dale! Earl shouted as he held the door open for another female student. What's the hold up? I'm working on it, Earl! Dale shouted back, then narrowed his eyes at the boy. See. "'He don't answer his phone. Not even when his mom calls. That's part of the reason we're here. So we're just going to go check on him real quick-like. We'll be out of your purple hair in no time.' The boy shook his head. "'If you're not family, I cannot let you in.' Dale took in a long, deep breath as he looked down at his boots. The same boots he was mentally kicking himself with for allowing his polite nature to get the better of his instincts.' Why he had to relearn that same damn lesson over and over was beyond him. He exhaled hard, looked back to the glass, and said, Look here, Sparky. My name is Theo. Of course it is, Dale said. Why don't you take a look at my friend over there? The young man leaned forward, taking in Earl's size. Dale took a little step back. Now, take a gander at me. Even though Dale was beefy, it was easy to see that there was more muscle in one of Dale's arms than the kid had in his entire body. And now, just for shits and giggles, take a look at yourself. What are you? 90 pounds of cotton candy and body spray? Dale was a little surprised that the kid actually did. When the young man looked back up, Dale continued. It's pretty clear that the door my friend is holding open at the moment is not locked. Dale looked over and shouted, Earl, hold on to that door. Yes, sir. So, when you say you can't let us in, you looking like you look and us looking like we look, I'm just curious. How exactly are you going to make that happen? Dale narrowed his eyes. I'll give you a sec to do the math on that one. The boy seemed stunned. Clearly in a situation he had heard was possible, but couldn't remember what they said to do during his five-minute orientation. I I, I can't... He, he, you need... He suddenly looked at his clipboard as if it had the answer written on it somewhere. His eyes came back up, clueless. Oh, I have to... All right, Muffin Top, you seem a bit flustered, so let me help you out. Dale's tone remained stern. Option one, you could call campus security, but by the time they skateboard on over, my friend and I will be long gone. Now, what I recommend is option two. Um, Which is, you relax. Go back to whatever you were doing on that device and pretend that I'm smart enough not to have walked over here to talk to you in the first place. You get my meaning, Sparky? It's... Um, it's Theo, the boy said, and then slowly put his earbuds back in and reached for his iPad. Of course it is, Dale said as he turned away. What the hell took so long? Earl said. Dale moved to the open door. Oh, for some reason I feel the need to relearn the same lesson every so often. Which one's that? Earl said as they moved toward an elevator. It's better to apologize than to ask permission. Yep, that is a good one. There should be bumper stickers. Elevator doors opened and a small crowd of co-ed shambled out like freshly risen zombies while being pulled forward by whatever device they held. Dale and Earl nodded hellos that went unanswered. Then they stepped inside. Earl pressed the button for the second floor. As the door closed, Earl held up the flyer he'd been reading earlier. "'Listen here,' Earl said, then cleared his throat. "'You have the right to feel safe.' Do you feel threatened by those that don't seem to respect your culture, background, and or life experiences? Do you feel triggered by hostile points of view that are out of place on a campus of higher learning? You have the right to feel safe. Join C.U.S. every Tuesday and Thursday in the Quad for a rally and safety workshop. Dale raised an eyebrow. C.U.S.? says here to cultural unity and safety earl looked up what are your thoughts on that dale sighed i'm trying not to have any the elevator door mercifully opened and they stepped out what's the room number 237. dale scanned around looking for signs indicating which room numbers went which way but the only sign they could see was on the door labeling a study room The door was ajar and Dale could see figures moving inside. He looked over at Earl. Right or left? Um, why don't we ask these folks in here? Earl stepped towards the study room. Earl, don't. Earl stuck his big head inside the study room. started to say something, but was interrupted by a scream. Earl then quickly stepped back and closed the door. He looked a little pale. "'Um, thems two ain't studying. I ain't done a lot of studying in my day, but I'm pretty sure that ain't it,' Dale sighed. "'Would you please stop scaring the locals?' he gestured to the right. "'Let's try our luck this way.' "'Suit me,' Earl said, taking the lead. The hallways were wide, but not wide enough for the two to walk side by side so Dale fell in behind his friend and listened as Earl read the room numbers out loud. The corridors were mostly empty, and there was a general calm in the air. Maybe it was the soft-colored paint on the cinder block walls, or the retro mini-lounge areas they passed every time they took a corner, but there was a sense throughout that everything was okay, copacetic, groovy, no reason to fret. Which is why Dale suddenly became alarmed when they finally found Carl's room. It was as if the area around Carl's room was in a different building entirely. The air felt heavy and thick. Dale could feel it settling on his bare arms, and he wanted to wipe it clean. And the smell musty, dank, a sick room that hadn't been aired out even though the patient had died weeks ago. Earl faced the door, grimacing. What is that smell? Dirty wet dog. Earl nodded, then ran his fingers over the door. There were scratches on the wood, as if someone had taken a knife to it. Earl traced one of the gouges with a finger and glanced over at Dale. You still think leaving our toys in the truck was a good idea? Dale lowered his voice. Well, I didn't say it was a good idea. If Carl's girl is what we expect her to be, and she's in there right now, we should be able to handle the situation. We can improvise. If your overconfidence gets me up and killed, you will not be getting a Christmas car from me this year, good buddy. Noted, Dale said. A soft moan drifted out from under the door. Sounds alive, Earl said, or thereabouts. Another moan followed, so close the first one hadn't yet faded. Dale couldn't tell if they came from a male or female, which didn't bother him, but what did make his skin crawl was that he couldn't tell if the sounds were of pleasure or pain. Longer I stand here, the more questions I have, Earl said. He took a breath, then knocked on the door. A moan answered, long, not caring who was listening. Then Dale knocked harder. The door shook. Hey, Carl, open up, Earl shouted. Your mom sent us to check on you. They could hear movement inside, shuffling. Then something fell. A lamp, possibly, crashing to the ground. Then Dale swore he heard a growl deep and animal-like. It suddenly faded and became a whimpering moan like before. Getting tired of the view from out here, Earl said, and without taking a breath, he put his shoulder and considerable weight into the door. The door popped like a champagne cork, and Earl stumbled inside. Dale reached out and grabbed his friend before he went too far into the dark room A ragged curtain covered the room's only window. Only a few beams of light escaped the curtain, casting a soft glow. There was a single bed on either side of the narrow room. The one to the left was empty, but the one on the opposite side writhed with movement. Legs and arms hung off the side of the worn mattress, and a thin, wet sheet draped over what looked like two intertwined bodies. Dale searched for a light switch but ended up knocking a pizza box and some dishes off a shelf. The box bounced on the floor and mixed well with the other garbage and debris covering the dorm room carpet. Soda cans, partially full containers of Chinese food, and that was just the stuff he could see. Earl stepped across the room, garbage crunching under his boot heels, and flung the curtain open. Light filled half the room but didn't directly fall on the occupied bed, leaving the forms unlit. Carl, Earl said. Is that you? The young man sat up as a female form slid to one side, long, disobedient hair covering her nakedness. Carl attempted speech, but clearly wasn't awake enough for that. An unruly parade of syllables fell out of his mouth until his ears must have registered that he wasn't saying anything. He put both hands over his face, feeling around as if he was trying to find something familiar. Earl started to move toward the bed, but stopped abruptly as the woman pushed herself up. Her bare legs swung out, feet touching down on the garbage-covered carpet. Dale tensed, and reached for a bookend on the shelf. It was heavy and felt like a statue of some kind. Not killing bloodsuckers heavy, but heavy enough to get one's attention. She rose from the bed, nude and unashamed. Her skin glistened with sweat. Long strands of black hair clung to her cheeks, neck, shoulders and chest. She made no effort to pull the hair away, Get the unruly, velvety strands under control. She just let them lay wherever her recent activity had placed them. Earl stepped back until he stood next to Dale. And even though he didn't need Earl to stand next to him, Dale felt much better when he did. He glanced down at the floor and took notice of how close the sunbeams were to her feet. Dale gestured to what he hoped was a bathroom off to the left of the dorm room. Miss... "'Why don't you go freshen up? "'Give us a minute here with Carl.' "'And maybe put some clothes on,' Earl added. "'We can see all the way to Christmas.' "'Her head tilted slightly. "'One yellow-tinted, feral eye became visible through untamed hair. "'She seemed to scan Dale up and down, "'a half-smile snaking its way up one hair-covered cheek. "'The young woman lingered for a few moments.' not in any hurry to cover up or follow their suggestions. She raised her arms up, stretching, hands curling into fists. Dale was surprised to see thick patches of underarm hair glistening with sweat. He peered a little south, taking in the unmanicured landscaping covering the inside of her thighs. The black pubic hair continued up past her navel and petered out over her stomach. She must have caught where Dale was looking because her smile twisted a little. She pursed her lips and sent him a little air kiss. The invisible kiss hit him with a chill, and he gripped the bookend a little tighter. She moved toward the bathroom, taking a route that didn't come into direct contact with the sunlight. When the door shut, Earl looked at Dale. I ain't seen Harry pitch like that since my parents did the naked peyote dance back on the reservation. Our kids today were shaving off all their body hair.' "'They are,' Dale said. "'Why are you supposed to do that?' "'Um, make room for more tattoos and piercings, I guess,' Dale said. "'You keep an eye on her. I'll have a word with Sleeping beauty over here.' Dale knelt down next to the bed, getting eye level with a very out-of-it coral. He peered into his unfocused, pale blue, dilated eyes. Carl, you uh, you in there? His lips moved, but nothing useful came out. Then the boy nodded. You hungover, been drinking? He shook his head. About drugs, I'm not the law or nothing, so you could be honest with me. He started to shake his head again, but then said, No, no drugs. I'd get kicked off the team. "'All right, then. Are you sick?' "'Hey, Dale,' Earl said from the other side of the room. "'Just a second, Earl. No, I- I'm not sick. I'm just... "'Where's Lana?' "'Your lady friend has powder in her nose.' "'What?' Carl said, his speech getting stronger. Dale was about to explain, but stopped as he noticed the marks on Carl's skin. Scratches. "'Deep.' Some looking infected and in need of stitches wrapped around his chest, over his shoulders, and disappeared down his back. Dale tried to follow them, but then noticed the other marks on his neck. Hey, Dale! There was alarm in Earl's voice, but Dale was too transfixed by the gnawed skin, torn and scraped along Carl's jugular, to stop his inspection. Just a sec, Earl. Dale put his hand under Carl's jaw and guided his head over to some light for a better look. The skin appeared to have been gnawed on, like a dog's chew toy. Was this the work of an inexperienced bloodsucker? Orphaned after being sired, no master to show it how to use its fangs? It was a theory, but Dale wasn't sold on it yet. Something was not right. Dale! Earl shouted. What? Dale returned the shout and got to his feet. It was then that he heard it. Coming from the bathroom. The animal-like moaning they'd heard earlier. Dale joined Earl at the bathroom door. Earl had put his boot up against the door to keep it from flying open. They stood quietly for a moment as items crashed to the ground inside. The moans came again. Then... There was a scream. A scream derived from pain, but one that also seemed to delight in its anguish. "'Oh, no. Not again,' Carl said, drawing his knees to his chest. "'She's coming.' "'She's coming.' "'Who's coming, kid?' Dale said. "'She'll be mad,' Carl added. "'So mad.' "'Carl?' Earl said. "'Who's coming?' Carl said nothing, just pointed to the bathroom door. There was a loud, scraping sound. Claws on glass. Dale stepped away from the door and put his hand on the handle. Earl met Dale's eyes. Are you sure that's a good idea? How many bloodsuckers you put down from the other side of a door? Um, zero. Earl sighed, then stepped away from the door, hands held up in surrender. On three, Dale said. Earl nodded unenthusiastically. Dale counted down, and when he reached one, he yanked the door open. The two large men stood shoulder to shoulder, staring into the dimly lit bathroom. The woman stood in the middle of the room, broken glass under her bare feet. Her pubic hair, which was thick before, was now an overgrowth of blackness covering her legs, reaching toward her breasts and intertwining with the distending hair from her armpits. It was then that Dale realized that the hair from her scalp, he had earlier thought clung to her face with sweat, was, in fact, growing from her face, black, thick, and outlining a protruding... Vicious snout. The creature growled. Oh, crap on a cracker, Earl said as the woman reared back with clawed hands. Before she lunged, Dale swung the door shut, and the two men put their weight against the thin wood. That is not a bloodsucker, Earl announced. Yep, I got the status update, Earl. The werewolf, heavy and strong, hit the inside of the door. Claus scraped the wood. "'Not again!' Carl mumbled. "'Keep her off me! Please!' A howl erupted from the bathroom, long and loud. It echoed against the porcelain and tile like a blast from a foghorn. "'Oh no, we don't need to bring any toys,' Earl said. "'Not now, Earl. We'll just improvise,' he says. "'Could you bust my balls later?' Oh, Karen on it, Earl said. A thunderous roar boomed from inside, then a hair-covered hand exploded through the top of the door just above Earl's head. Its claws arched down toward Earl's face, but before they thrust into his forehead, Earl reached up with both hands and caught the creature by the wrist and twisted hard to the right. Earl's wide eyes met Dale's, and Dale could see that his friend was struggling to hold on to the creature. His friend had the tiger by the tail and could not let go. Dale! What? Dale! What? I do not feel safe.
3: Get started at Angie.com. That's
1: A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
2: Part Three Bears, Gorillas, and Puppy Juice The hairy wrist writhed in Earl's grasp and Earl's fingers were slipping. Can you pull it out more? Dale shouted. Pull it out more? That doesn't seem to be the best of ideas. Just trust me on this. Earl grunted, put a boot up against the door, and pushed off. The creature's forearm began to emerge, and Earl strained against the thing's rage. When Dale saw a hairy elbow, he reached up with both hands and grabbed the forearm. "'Toward me on three,' Dale said. "'One, two. Both men forced the creature's trapped arm in Dale's direction. There was a snap of bone." Immediately followed by a howl that felt as if it could blow the door off its hinges. They released the limb and stepped back. The broken appendage dangled like a damaged pendulum, twisting off its designated root. Its owner growled and slowly withdrew its arm. Protruding bone hung it up on the jagged wood outlining the hole in the door, but with a violent and clearly painful tug, the busted appendage disappeared back into the bathroom, wooden shards tumbling to the trash-covered floor in its wake. Well, that was all kinds of fun, Earl said. Hell, I've had an easier time holding on to a greased pig. What now, fearless leader? Before Dale could respond, a low growl filled the room, one that didn't come from the bathroom. Dale spun around and met Carl's eyes. The boy's pupils had darkened, and his chest was heaving. A well-toned athlete, Carl's developed pectorals and abs pulsed as if each muscle was taking a breath. Carl's mouth hung open, caught between a gasp and a scream. He held up a hand, and Dale watched as the boy's fingernails thickened into claws. Earl took two quick steps toward Carl and raised a massive fist. Sorry about this kid earl clocked the young man on the side of the head carl spun toward the wall spun back then slumped onto the bed earl knelt down and touched carl's forehead he's out breathing steady looking more human every second how do you know that work dale said earl shrugged never know till you try freeze assholes came a shout from behind Dale looked over at the campus security guard standing in the doorway with a drawn service revolver. If Barney Fife had a portly, crimson-haired nephew with coke bottle glasses, Dale would have sworn he was staring at him. A familiar pair of skinny jeans stood behind the guard. "'That's him, officer,' Theo said, pointing at Dale. "'He didn't sign in and made disparaging remarks about my manhood!' The campus security guard moved the gun back and forth between Dale and Earl, with at least a pot of coffee's worth of bulging eyes. He finally stopped and held the gun on Earl. "Did you? Did you just hit him?" "Well, yeah, but there's a really good reason. I uh, know this looks bad," Dale said. "But we got um a really good reason." A roar came from the bathroom. And Dale was shocked that, just for a moment, he'd almost forgotten about the demon bitch sprouting hair in the bathroom. Dale thrust his body up against the door just as it started to come open. Earl was next to him in a second, and they were back to where they'd been just a minute ago. Except this time, there was a gun pointed at them. What was that? Barney Feist's nephew said, aiming the pistol at Dale and Earl. You remember that good reason we mentioned a sec ago, Earl said. Yeah. Howls of rage exploded from the other side of the bathroom door. We got trapped in the bathroom, Earl said. Dale could feel his boot heels sliding backward. Shit, put your back into it, old man. The faded Berber carpet offered little opportunity to dig in, and Dale could feel this going south, fast. Oh, if this thing gets out and starts tearing up a dormitory full of kids. What the hell is that? The guard said, stepping into the room, Theo in tow, guns still aimed at Dale and Earl. The door strained. The sound of cracking wood echoed in Dale's ear, and his boots slipped back. The door inched open. A snout and hellish teeth thrust forward, The mouth opened wide, and Dale got a whiff of its breath. Foul, coppery, and in dire need of a tic-tac. He flipped over to put his back flush against the door. The security guard aimed his gun at the emerging set of teeth and looked as if he was preparing to fire. No, Dale said. You just make it mad. The guard started to lower the gun a little when it suddenly went off. Dale felt the bullet's impact vibrate through him as it ripped through the door. Miraculously, it missed both large men by inches, piercing the door at the point where Dale and Earl's shoulders were touching. Dale and Earl glared at Barney Fife's nephew, who immediately said, Oh, oh, I am sorry, I am sorry, I am sorry. Put that away and come help us, Earl growled between tight lips. He holstered his weapon and joined them at the door. Dale was pleased that, with his help, the backward slide of the situation had stopped. They still had a very upset werewolf's head pushing its way out, but for the moment, they were holding. Uh, What can I do? What can I do? Theo said, waving his arms and bouncing up and down like a kid on a pogo stick. Dale got an idea. Not a good one, but worth a try. All right, Sparky, come on over here. Dale said between clenched teeth, just audible over the growls rapidly growing to a fever pitch. "'It's Theo!' he said, bouncing over to the door. "'I need you to get something out of my pocket!' Dale thrust his left hip out while trying to keep a grip on the door. Theo seemed to understand and dug his skinny fingers into Dale's pocket. "'What am I looking for?' "'A ring.' Theo withdrew his hand. A few candy wrappers fell out, but clasped in his narrow digits was a ring. A man's wedding ring. Hey, is that? Earl said. Dale snatched it from Theo, held it in front of the creature's face, its teeth snapping, and waited for it to open wide. When it seemed that the mouth was as open as it was going to get, Dale tossed the silver ring deep down its throat. The beast gagged. Its snout lunged upward furiously, then withdrew. Under the weight of the three men, the door slammed shut, shaking the wall. Dale put his ear up against the door. He heard grotesque hacking and long, painful gags. Finally, after a minute, there was a thud. Dale imagined the thing on the floor, his silver ring becoming the worst kind of ulcer a werewolf can have. Earl and the security guard slid to the floor. Exhausted, Dale joined them. Was that... was that a bear? The security guard said. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Theo was bouncing again. Um, well, Earl stammered. The security guard shook his head. Because it did not look like a bear. Well, it all depends, Dale said. The security guard turned to Dale. On what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Theo now bounced in a circle. Will you be uh writing a report on this? I kind of have to, he said. I fired a gun inside a student dorm. Hell, I've never even drawn my weapon before. Well, in that case, Earl said, it were a bear. The security guard stared forward blankly. "'What the hell is a bear doing in the dormitory? "'I mean, how would it even get inside?' "'All fascinating questions,' Earl said, "'leaning forward and meeting Dale's gaze. "'I got one for you, old buddy. "'What the hell are you doing with that ring? "'You done told me you tossed it in Lake Okeechobee.' Dale cast his gaze on the bouncing Theo and let out such a long sigh that when he finished he felt completely deflated." Not now, Earl. We got more pressing concerns at the moment. Earl held up a finger. To be continued. We got a trap for now, Dale said. But we need to start thinking about how to get it out of here. Oh my, Theo said. Wait, what do you mean trapped? Dale was thankful Theo had stopped bouncing for a second. It was very distracting. He thrust his thumb over his shoulder. It's trapped in the bathroom. But even as Dale said it, there was a sinking feeling in his stomach. Theo tilted his head. What about the other door? Dale and Earl spoke at the same time. What What other door? door? Oh my god. Don't you know? The dorm rooms all share a bathroom, Theo said. There's another room on the other side of the bathroom. The two truckers hopped up so fast they almost stepped on the security guard. Dale pulled the door open. The musty odor of a dozen wet dogs hit them like a puff of cigar smoke. Blood, vomit, and hair products saturated the tile floor. Broken glass and shattered trees were scattered everywhere. But what wasn't there was the dying remains of a she-wolf. The door leading to the other dorm room was open. Dale rushed into the connecting dorm room. There was an oversized computer monitor in one corner with some kind of space video game running. Two students, with their backs to the bathroom, both wearing headsets, clicked away, firing at whatever virtual invaders were attacking Earth. Dale and Earl stepped into the room as unobserved by its occupants as the werewolf had been just a few moments ago. The door to the hall stood ajar, and Dale could see a blood trail. Dale, Earl, and the security guard followed the blood, with Theo a few feet behind. They moved down the hall and through a small lounge area, with students sprawled on fluffy chairs and couches. Dale stopped momentarily to see if any of the half-dozen students looked as if they'd just seen a monster, but none did. While one student slept... The rest continued to gaze into their phones and devices. Click, 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 scroll, swipe, scroll, click, click. Dale looked back at Earl, who shrugged. Oh. My. God. God. Theo said in a hushed voice. Theo, buddy, Earl said. You need to calm down. Theo nodded very enthusiastically, but continued to silently mouth the words, Oh, my God. They continued down the hall, following the blood. It dripped for another 30 feet. Then it was gone. Shit, Dale said. They scanned the hall, looked for open doors. Nothing. Dale was about to double back when a door at the far end of the hall flew open, and a young man tumbled out. He hit the wall, then bounced back and fell on the floor, his phone in pieces sprinkled onto the carpet he was sitting up by the time they reached him and without being asked what happened he pointed at the door he'd just come through and said man there's a really big dog on the stairs dale didn't wait to see if he was okay he spun on his heel hearing pieces of smartphone crack under his boots he flew into the stairwell earl right behind him dale hesitated wondering if he should go up or down If the thing was smart, it would go down, hit the lobby, and escape out the front. But it had to know they were following, and it might be trying to lose them. Which way? Earl said, leaning toward the stairs heading down. Before Dale answered, there was a scream from above, followed by fast, descending footsteps. Within a few seconds a young woman came running down the stairs, holding an iPad over her head like a shield, her heels clicking on the cement steps. I do not feel safe! I do not feel safe! She screamed as she passed them, continuing down, never slowing. So, up then? Earl said. Dale ascended, taking two steps at a time. When he turned the corner, he could see Earl was behind him, but not closely. Dale didn't wait, climbing even faster. Soon, there was a door. Large red letters read, Roof Access. The metal handle had been torn away. Dale stepped out onto the roof, small pebbles crunching underfoot. Less than twenty yards away, the creature, limping in pain, one arm cradled in the other, reached the roof's edge. It jumped up on the ledge. Hey! Dale yelled. The creature looked back. Its eyes glinted with a human expression, anger, and wrath. It growled at Dale and raised a hairy middle finger. Then it whirled around and leapt away. Someone came up behind Dale and he turned, expecting to see Earl, but it was the security guard who stood next to him. They both walked slowly, in silence, to where the creature had jumped and peered over the edge. There were two large trees below, both about a floor away from reaching the roof. A few broken branches lay on the grass. Leaves were still drifting to the grass below, twisting in the breeze. But there was nothing else. That was not a bear, the security guard said. Nope.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: There was a distant clicking sound from below, high heels on cement. They peered across the dorm's front lawn and watched the woman who had passed them on the stairs run down the sidewalk, screaming, ''There's a gorilla on the stairs, a big-ass gorilla!'' ''Shit,'' security guard said. ''So, not a bear, not a dog, definitely not a gorilla,'' he looked at Dale. ''What then?'' Dale raised an eyebrow. I think you have a pretty good idea of what you saw. What I saw doesn't exist. Not really. I'm not here. What's so special about this place? It's not special, but there, there aren't things like that here. Transylvania, or, or London, or New York, maybe? But Fresno? Sounding winded, Earl finally arrived. Oof, what a I miss? The security guard met Earl's exhausted gaze. There are werewolves in Fresno, uh, apparently. Earl slapped a heavy hand on the guard's shoulder. Oh, good. Everyone's all caught up then. Jesus, Earl, you gotta get in shape, Dale said. I've been up here a day and a half waiting on you. Earl took a deep breath. I am in shape. It's more love machine than stairmaster. Where'd you get to? Dale pointed down to the grass. Skedaddled. Earl looked over the edge. Well, shit on a shingle. We're not gonna get our run in on time this week, are we? It does not appear so, Dale said. Looking back as Theo stepped out onto the roof and jogged over. Oh my god. Is it here? Is it here? Theo's eyes were wide. His hands were shaking. Dale got the impression that if this kid didn't get a grip soon, he'd explode. Hey, I want to thank you, Sparky, for helping me out back there. We were in a tight spot, and you did not lose your cool. The enthusiasm faded a bit from Theo's face, just enough to convey that he was not excited about his new nickname. Trust me, Earl said. That is high praise coming from him. Okay, Theo said thanks i guess a siren sounded below two campus security cars moved toward the dorm oh yeah i called for backup the security guard said sparky can you do me one more solid dale said theo nodded enthusiastically hop back down to carl's room and sit with him don't let him leave can you do that Theo clearly realized that he was taking instruction from someone he did not know, and briefly looked at the security guard, seemingly asking if he should comply. The security guard nodded. That's a good idea. Make sure he's alright. When Theo was out of earshot, the security guard said, Does Carl have something to do with that thing? She's his girlfriend, Earl said. Lana? Lana? the security guard said. That was Lana? You know her? Earl said. Well, yeah, she's the lead singer in a band that headlines over in the Tower District. Doesn't talk very much. They're playing at the Blue Oyster Club tonight, I think. Dale felt it was awfully convenient for him to know all of this. He turned to the security guard and noticed his name tag. Steve, how exactly did you come by this info? He stuck his thumbs in his gun belt. Hey, I'm a hip guy. I go clubbing. I know about bands and music and cool stuff. Steve, I got Carl to save, werewolves to kill. I don't have time for bullshit, Dale said. Fine, Steve said. The coaching staff with alumni funds pay us under the table to keep an eye on their players. Check out who they're seeing, hanging out with. Keep an eye out for drugs and whatnot. You spy on the players, Earl said. No. Not really. Fresno is very passionate about their Bulldogs. College sports are serious business here, especially football. They're just looking out for the players, the university, the whole program. You know, go dogs. We're not judging, Dale said. And it seems we can put your info to use. "'Can you help us?' Steve nodded. "'Carl's a good guy, and in a few years he's going to be a great player. What can I say? I'm a fan. How can I help?' First off, I wouldn't tell your friends down there nothing about wolf people, lest they know about what you've seen. They'll likely think you're nuttier than squirrel shit. You'll end up on desk duty. That doesn't help me none.' "'I was already thinking that,' Steve said. "'What else?' Dale looked over the edge just as the campus security car skidded to a halt downstairs. The woman from the stairwell ran straight at them, arms raised. While she tells them about the gorilla, Do you think you could sneak Carl and us out of here? We need to get him some puppy juice. Puppy juice? What's that? It's the one thing that'll keep him from becoming like his girlfriend. Medicine? Steve said. Dale nodded. There are a couple of other things we're going to need. Do you have access to the athletic department? I got keys to everything. Perfect. Here's what. Dale caught sight of Earl's arm. Hey, Earl. That bitch scratch you? Earl held up his forearm in the sunlight. Long, deep scratches glistened. Blood trickled down his elbow. God damn it. If I turn into one of them, I'm going to... I'm going to... It'll be okay, big guy. That's easy for you to say. You don't have the Wolverina virus running through your veins. The only thing that's changed is that we need a bit more puppy juice than we did a few seconds ago. Oh, I swear, Dale. Dale, I'm gonna spay and neuter that bitch. You've been listening to part one of Candy with a K by author Kevin David Anderson. For part two and the electrifying conclusion to Candy with a K by Kevin David Anderson, be sure to tune in again next week for our season four premiere. I'd like to personally thank you for joining me for this episode of Horror Hill. Don't forget to tune in again next week when I yet again regale you with a handful of tales to terrify, plumb from the most depraved depths of the human imagination. Candy with a K was written by and presented courtesy of Kevin David Anderson. Anderson's debut novel, The Geeky Cult Zombie Romp, Night of the Living Trekkies, is a funny, off-beat novel exploring the pop-culture carnage that ensues when the undead crash a Star Trek convention. His latest book, Midnight Men, The Supernatural Adventures of Earl and Dale, was inspired by the short story Green Eyes and Chili Dogs, produced by yours truly, Jason Hill, and heard on my own YouTube channel and on the Simply Scary Podcast Season 3, Episode 6. Anderson's stories have appeared in over a hundred publications and on fantastic podcasts such as The Drabblecast, Pseudopod, The No Sleep Podcast, Horror Hill, and The Simply Scary Podcast. Additionally, he is an active member of the Horror Writers Association and currently works in special education. For more information on him, visit kevindavidanderson.com. If you enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to me. If you'd like to hear more lengthy tales, be sure to take a look at my audiobooks, available now on audible.com. including past episodes of this program, all of our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Until next week, listener, when we meet up once again atop the Horror Hill for another Dance with Darkness. I bid you good night. Sleep tight, listener. And whatever you do, if you hear scratching at your door, don't open it. The darkness may offend you, but it's up to you to let it in. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's program was hosted, and it's featured stories performed by yours truly, Jason Hill. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Felipe Ojeda, Luke Hodgkinson, and Jesse Cornett. Final mixing and mastering by executive producer and director Craig Groshack. The program's artwork by yours truly, Jason Hill. Logo by Craig Groshack. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you like performed? I take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your work considered for production in a future episode of this show. That's submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com. Com. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on social media to connect any time and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon for Chilling Tales for Dark Nights as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every week. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up button to tell us how we're doing and leave a kind word. And don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archive and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, I'll be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs
3: but those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's
1: A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel.